You're listening to Behind the Note Podcast, brought to you by a musician for musicians. Here, you will get advice toward a successful music career. This show is made to educate, inspire, motivate, and empower. Now, here is your host, Chris Davis. Hello, everybody. Thank you for pressing play today. This is episode number 17, and I have a surprise for you. Today's show is a solo show. That's right. Today is just me and you. This is something that I have intended to do since the beginning, but I haven't. And I wanted to take the time just to talk to you, just me and you today. So one of the reasons why I started Behind the Note podcast is because I believe that musicians need to begin to think outside of the box. Times are different. Things are changing. And if you talk to a musician who is 30 years older than you, perhaps 20, 30 or 40 years older, it doesn't matter how old you are. They'll tell you that things are not the way they used to be. And what that means for us is that we have to adapt with the times and not necessarily try to do things the way they used to be done. So one thing that I believe musicians need to begin to do is to think outside of the box. Think as a business person would think and not necessarily as a musician would think all of the time. And by changing your thinking in this way, I believe that you will begin to open new doors for yourself by changing your habits or adding new habits. So today's episode, I'm going to give you some tips that are actually sales tips. But when applied to your music, you'll begin to get different types of results than you're getting without using these tips. The fact of the matter is this. Every single person alive is into sales. Whether they know it or not, whether they want to be or not, everybody is in the sales business. I mean, even the mom and a father have to sell their child until going to bed at night. That's just one small example. So if this statement is true, why not become the best salesperson that you can be? And it's for this reason that I believe it would be in everyone's best interest to study sales, at least in, in some form, at least in an introductory form. So I have some tips for you to get you started on your way. And these tips are not in any particular order. So let me begin with tip number one, which is you must have a high perceived value by your customer. How do you accomplish this? Well, let me begin by stating the obvious, because sometimes the obvious just needs to be stated. Number one on this tip is to work diligently. There is no such thing as overnight success. And we've learned by now that anything worth having takes time. And the magic that people want, the magic pill that people want to buy all the time, the shortcut that people want to buy can't be bought because it's time. Time has to do It's work. So that's why diligent work is important. Sometimes people try to do everything in one lump sum instead of doing little sections at a time each and every day. The next part to achieving a high perceived value is that you're going to have to sound good on your instrument because really at the end of the day, we are musicians and that is what we are expected to be good at. And of course, this comes from the diligent work as well. The next thing that you can do to achieve a high perceived value is to be helpful 
to other people. Discover what other people need help with and then help them. If it's in your power to help them, then go ahead and help them. Get creative as it relates to your music and the needs of other people. So if you are able to work out a deal with a local venue where they may be trying to get more customers, you might be able to give them what they're looking for while accomplishing what you're also looking for by performing in that venue. That's just one immediate example that I'm just thinking of right now off the top of my head. But get creative with this. Um, One example is cancer concert for surgery. What I mean is there was a band member in the band that I'm in who had cancer. And I'm so thankful that I'm able to say that he had cancer and he's still alive today. But what we did for him was we held a concert in his honor to pay for his surgery that he needed and now that was a very big success we were able to put pay for his surgery and uh, he had successful surgery so that's one example of helping other people so discover what others need help with and when it's in your power or if it falls within your expertise go ahead and help them how much more of an authority figure would you appear to be if you're able to help others out So that's another way to achieve a high perceived value. Something else that you can do is simply perform often. Out of sight, out of mind theory is very true. Also, by performing often, you can simply be cool by association. Use that association to your advantage. For example, I recently performed on the Steve Harvey show and I don't know Steve Harvey, but I got to perform on his show. And when people see that, automatically they think I'm cooler, right? (laughs) Which is kind of funny, but that's just one example. So who did you perform with in the past? Um, If even for a moment, use, use those meetings, those performances to your advantage. Leverage those opportunities. Another example of performing often that people might not consider performing because it does not involve playing an instrument, but... It's public speaking. If you are able to perform in public as a speaker, that will allow you to be perceived at a high value by your customers. And I like the I like the public speaking model because I was told recently by someone who speaks publicly, who is actually starting to make a career of it, that in the beginning he spoke for free. He was really knowledgeable in his subject and actually an expert, but he still spoke for free because people didn't know him as an expert. But in the beginning, he started speaking for free. Next, his conference fees were waived. So he didn't get paid, but his conference fees were waived. In the beginning, I suppose he was just speaking and not attending the conferences or paying for them out of pocket. And the next level for him was that The people who wanted him to speak were paying for his hotel. They were comping his hotel and they were waiving the conference fee. Now, he still wasn't getting paid, but they were taking care of more and more expenses. And then finally, the next step was getting paid to speak, along with all of the perks that were mentioned previously. And so this is a great example of a high perceived value, because even in the beginning, The speaker was not seen as a high value because they were allowing him to speak for free. This just shows that you have to do your diligent work in the beginning before you are really seen or perceived 
at a high value. The next thing I want to let you know is another way that you can be perceived at a high value is to attend conferences. At the very least, you'll be seen as someone that values education. Some of the conferences that I personally attend on a regular basis between all of these are the Midwest Band and Orchestra Clinic, the Jazz Education Network Conference, the All-State Conference in my area. Uh, Check out your area and see the All-State Conference. This is where music teachers and professionals normally gather together and learn. There are many classes being taught. Uh, There are many vendors selling things. And there are also students performing. I love those conferences. I get to meet people and I get to learn a lot. So I personally enjoy enjoy it for that reason. So you can also attend, but it's better if you're able to be someone that's presenting because again, your perceived value will be higher. Sales tip number two, have something to sell. That's funny, right? I mean, you would think you would have something to sell if you're in sales. Well, again, people don't always see themselves as a salesman or a salesperson, even though they are. I have a great example for you. One day I was visiting someone that I know. I have to be careful because I know that many people are listening, so I don't want to use names here. But I was visiting a friend, and this friend's neighbor came outside to warm up her car. And she came outside in her pajamas, and let's just say that she was not in her most attractive state. And so she got out of the car and she said hello to me and she was slightly embarrassed by her appearance. And she said, oh, I wasn't expecting to see anybody. I just wanted to come outside real quick to warm up my car. Well, I just said hello and we both went on our way. But I think that's a great example because you'd never know who you're going to see or who's going to see you when you leave your house. I believe that you're always performing. Once you leave your house, you're you're always performing. I'm, and I'm not saying be fake and put on performance every second of the day. But what I am saying is present your best. And if you step out of your house, chances are somebody's going to see you. So if you don't want them to see you in a certain way, don't give them the option to see you in a certain way. Me personally, I refuse to go out of the house in a a way I don't want to be seen, even to take out the trash. So just know that you have something to sell all the time. So some people always ask the question, should I wear a suit to this event or how should I dress for this job? And the answer to those questions are, how do you want to be perceived? That's the answer to those questions. So always have something to sell and know that you're selling yourself at the very least. Some other examples of having something to sell is a CD, of course, and DVD. But the thing is with the CD and the DVD is that everybody's already selling their own CD and DVD. So how are you going to be different? You have to answer that question for yourself. Get creative. Maybe you're going to add something else along with the CD or DVD, but get creative in your own way. Something else that you can sell, obviously, are lessons, concerts, selling experience. We talked about that briefly when Larry Brown was a guest here. He mentioned that people don't really come to see the concert. They don't come to see the music or hear the music in person, but they come to see Larry Brown. And that's often true for all of us as musicians. People could easily play a CD at home. 
But why do they come out of the house? They come for the experience. Something else that you could sell is sheet music. Now, let me say something about having something to sell. The cool thing about having a physical product to sell is that you put in the work one time in the beginning and you can sell it over and over again. A great example of this is when Mr. Rufus Reed was on the show, he talked about a book that he wrote in the 1970s that's still being sold today, I believe he said by Alfred Publishing, and it's his book on how to play bass. Well, you can also write a book. You can write a book on how to play whatever instrument you play, for example, but you only have to put that work in one time. And of course, if you choose to make revisions, that's your option. But the point is, you put the work in up front, you're done, you sell it over and again, and then you make residual income. And who doesn't want to make residual income? That's a great option, if you ask me. Let me talk a little bit about lessons while we're talking about having a product to sell. Well, actually, this brings me to the third point. Point number three, or sales tip number three is to have the customer pay up front whenever possible. I think that's a great idea. And an example of this is Bluehost.com, for example. I use Bluehost for my personal website hosting and they sell, they advertise it as you're paying $4.99 a month or $6.99 or whenever you catch it, the prices change. But they advertise it at, let's say, $5 a month. But the thing is that you have to pay 12 months in advance, minimum. So if If you want to buy hosting, you have to pay for one full year right now before you even get started. I like that model, especially for the private lessons. If you're a private lessons teacher, because it does a few things. Number one, you're requiring the buyer to commit to you. So if you're teaching lessons, for example, for example, up front, The person knows, well, I already paid for 10 lessons. I have to show up for these. They're also making a commitment and saying that they are taking lessons seriously. So you're not going to have as many interruptions. For example, you're not going to have sudden family vacations that they didn't know about or the summer barbecue is not going to be a problem. You're not going to have as many (coughs) common codes interrupting the flow of of the lessons because when you pay up front that eliminates a lot of those problems also also when you're dealing with older people and they have to pay for themselves they take practicing more seriously so that's a really great thing about having people pay up front and when you think about it how many times do you go to a movie and not pay up front when have you ever gone to the movies and said oh hold on i might pay after the show If I like the movie, that doesn't really happen. So that's why I like uh, the pay up front model. Also, it proves value. It proves value. It proves that what you're offering to your customer is of value to them. When they actually take money out of their wallet or they give you their credit card and pay you up front, you know that they value what you're offering. Sales tip. What number am I on? Number four. Sales tip number four is that you want to present scarcity. Now, I personally do not believe in scarcity. I believe there is enough for everyone. If I decide to go into the hamburger business and I'm making Mr. Davis's hamburgers, I don't really care if Chuck also wants to go into the hamburger business and he sets up shop right across the street for me. I don't care if he opens Chuck's hamburgers right across the street for me. Because number one, 
we're two different individuals. And if we're smart, we're going to add our own personality into our business. And then at the end of the day, people will choose what they want, what they like. If you market to a certain specific type of person, they call it niching down instead of trying to sell to a broad audience. I believe that there's really more than enough for everyone to succeed. So I really don't believe in scarcity. However, this is what we are used to. We're used to seeing bad news. We're used to seeing bad reports on the news. The news never really reports that there is 80% chance of sunshine. They don't do that. They really say it's 20% chance of rain today. Why do they do that? Because people are attracted to the scarcity mindset. So what you, what you do see on television or radio advertisements or billboards or Internet ads is limited time offers, right? You'll see things like buy now or or this deal only lasts for five days because limited time offers work. And I'm going to give you an example. If you ever have launched your own crowdfunding campaign like a Kickstarter or Indiegogo, or maybe even if you sell tickets yourself to, to live concerts, this is the pattern you will see. If you haven't noticed, pay attention because this is the pattern. In the beginning, you have a a surge of sales. And then in the middle, things really slow down. And you might begin to think, oh my goodness, are we going to make our goal? At the end, you have another large surge. And you might even have people buying at the door if you're selling tickets to a concert. Well, what happens is when you put a limited time on that, you can actually uh, just crunch that so that that same curve will happen, but it'll just happen faster. So if you're having to sell for 10 days, you're going to have the same curve, but if you if you close the window to five days, it's going to you're going to have your goal faster. So the limited time offer works. That's one form of scarcity. Another form of scarcity is to have a limited number of slots. So I know you've heard things on the radio, again, television or billboard advertisements that say only 100 seats are left or we only have seven spots available. They're telling you. They're using that scarcity form of advertising because it works, because that's the form of communication that we are used to in, in this society, in this society. So how can you use that to your advantage? Well, let's go back to the private lessons example. So we talked about the paid up front, um, getting people to pay up front being a good sales tip. So how can you use the scarcity uh, principle in private lessons. If you're a private lesson teacher, I know a lot of musicians are. What you can do is send a text message or an email and you can say, hey, I thought about you. And, and actually, you should think about this. Um, I believe that you should, if you can, choose your students wisely. Don't just teach because you need the money. But that's another lesson. So you can send an email or a text or a phone call and say, hey, I thought about you. I'm offering private lessons for eight weeks i'm only accepting six students and i thought you would be interested if you are let me know and if now is not a good time for you no big deal i just thought you might like to know well what happened is this and i've tried this myself it, it really works you'll get a reply from those interested and you'll probably have a very high very high engagement rate people are going to call you back they're going to text you back they're going to email you back and they're going to say 
how much are you charging for lessons? Because they're probably going to want to study with you, especially if you put thought into who you contacted. And you can take it from there. And whatever whatever you charge for lessons, just make sure they pay up front for the the 10 weeks or the eight weeks or whatever you do it, however you structure it. So what happened in that example is you you told them that you're going to offer lessons to a limited number of people. You gave them a specific number. So that's why you got to reply because they say, oh, I want to be make sure that I'm one of these few that are selected. One of the, what did I, what did I say, eight people, 10 people? They want to make sure that they are one of the few selected. You should also say that you're starting in two weeks or you should say that you're starting in in three weeks. Just put a time frame on your start time. That way you um, make sure that they don't take 10 weeks to make their decision and that they're getting back to you right away. And you're putting the ball in their court. So you so all you really have to do is reach out and present a little bit of scarcity and the people that are interested will reach out to you. And here's sales tip number five, which is build relationships. So let's look at the big chains that are doing this, the the stores. In my opinion, they actually do not do a good job of actually building relationships, at least with, with me as a customer. Now, the people who make their businesses work, I'm sure they're really close with. But what do they do? They send you mailers. They get your address when you when you check out and they send you something in the mail. Now, let's look at the mom and pop shops. What do they do differently than the big chains? They talk with you. They know you by name and they actually give you deals and little perks. Uh, For example, in my in my city, I walked into the local corner store, which is a mom and pop corner store. And the sales clerk gave my son a banana for free. And my son actually was too young to even eat a banana. He was he was a baby. But the gesture was a nice gesture. And the clerk talked to me and it was a nice a nice feeling just to be at the local corner store. And we go there when we need something quick and convenient because of that, really. So how can you do this? You need to build relationships, too, by talking to people at your concerts. Get to know them by name. And this is important because they may be a repeat attender of your show. And if you're able to call your attender by name, that will make them like you even more and they'll spread good news about you and bring friends. That's how things work, right? Word of mouth. Also, if you look at the big chain example I gave just a few seconds ago, I mentioned that the big chains send mailers. They get your address at checkout, and you get something in the mail later. Why do they do this? Why do they spend so much money on advertising through mail? Because it works for them. That means you too should model after that in some form. So the form that we use is to build an email list. Don't use your email list just for concert announcements because that's not really doing yourself justice. But instead, let people know about you subtly. I mean, you don't have to tell them your life story in in the first email, but they'll find out about you and the style that you choose to write in, the way you word your phrases. And you can even opt to tell them little personal things about what you just finished doing before you chose to write them that you wanted to let them know about. That allows people to feel like they're connecting to you, which they are, and you're able to bring them in and you actually begin a relationship, at least digitally, But hopefully you get to take it from online to offline one day. So in your email, you should also teach 
And the cool thing that I like about teaching is that you're only able to teach when you grow yourself. So that's one cool thing about teaching. So that's that's how you can use your email list. You can use your email list list to build relationships through letting people know about yourself and through teaching. And the last thing I'll say about being your um, building relationships is always be yourself. Be yourself. And that's all for today, guys. That's the episode. But real quick, let's recap the the tips. Number one, create a high perceived value for yourself number two build relationships number three have something to sell have a product to sell number four present scarcity and number five use a pay up front model now these are only five tips that i believe will help you on your way and let me know how they work out for you i would really like to know how people are achieving success And that's our episode for today. Thanks again for pressing play, guys. Go to BehindTheNote.com from your computer or tablet and get three keys to a successful music career for free. That's all for now. And we see you in the next episode. God bless your day.